and welcome to another episode of Clean Dreams. Please pray for me. My name is Troy, and I am an alcoholic. And before we get started, I'd like to invite he who presides over us all into this room with us. We ask that he touches and blesses us, that he works in us, on us, and through us. That if there's anyone out there that needs to hear what we will talk about today, please bring them to us, O Father. It's always a, a great occasion for me to talk about recovery. I've been in the program of Alcoholics Anonymous and, uh, for 17 years. I came in October 01. So I'm coming up on my the end of my 17th year, and I can tell you that anytime I get a chance to sit with an alcoholic or an addict, it makes my day. You know, so in the room with me today, I have four gentlemen that are, you know, to me, the reason that we do what we do. Of course, I've got my producer, Sean C., associate producer, Justin O. <laughs> you can see a smile. It'll make you smile, too. <laughs> we got Walker, and we also have Josh. Now, I just talked to Walker, I think, on Wednesday. Walker M. is who I'm talking to now. And I can tell you that it's, it's been about two and a half years since I saw you. Probably so, yeah. Yeah, you know, and it, it made my day to see you, man. You know, because a lot of times when we haven't seen someone, it's because they've gone to the big meeting in the sky. And um, it, was, uh, it was really a pleasure to see you again. So I couldn't help but invite you to come sit with us. So I'm glad that you're here with us, Walker. And Josh, I haven't seen you in about a year and a half. It's been a while. You know, and, and in the in the meantime, though, I, I have been able to follow you and, and to kind of keep track of you on Facebook, you know. And, and sometimes you see I, I have my little interactions there, <laughs> you know, but um, we try to still keep it sober and handle people with grace. So tonight I'm going to come out of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous because for me that's where the solution lies. And then, you know, the five of us will share with you what our experience is with what we've read. I'm on page 78 in the chapter called Interaction, and it says, Most alcoholics owe money. We do not dodge our creditors. Telling them what we're trying to do we make no bones about our drinking. They usually know it anyway, whether we think so or not. Nor are we afraid of disclosing our alcoholism on the theory it may cause financial harm. Approached in this way, the most ruthless creditor will sometimes surprise us. Arranging the best deal we can, we let these people know we are sorry. Our drinking has made us slow to pay. We must lose our fear of creditors, no matter how far we have to go, for we are liable to drink if we are afraid to face them. Now, for me, I try to pay my bills on a regular basis, but I think what really is affected here are the folks that are looking to be paid back. Not necessarily my creditors, but the folks that in my drinking and drugging days, I borrowed a lot of money. And I was blessed to be able to pay my cousin back $1,000 just this year. And it felt like the relief of a thousand pound weight on my back. 
when I'm using, I'm not really honoring the uh, arrangements that I make. I can tell you that now. If you asked me at the time and hooked me up to a, a lie detector, it would tell you that I have every intention of paying. I have every intention of making this right. But for whatever reason, and it's usually using, I fail to do that. I don't know if you all have any experience with that, but if you do, I'd sure like to discuss it. So let's open it up for a discussion. Thanks, Troy. Hey, I'm Sean C. I'm an alcoholic. I started smiling from ear to ear when you read that because I think I've only heard that once before and it's so pertinent for me in my life right now. So um, I've cleared up a lot of the personal debts or most of them, but I ducked and dodged those for years and years and years and um, really just avoided, kind of pretended like it didn't exist, right? And so along with that comes the behavior of, well, if I owe you money, then I'm probably not going to come around often because... There's that weird awkwardness of it's the lingering, right? I know I owe you money. You know I owe you money. I'm not talking about it. Yeah, you're you're too nice of a person to bring it up, or sometimes you're not. Sometimes they have have animosity, but rightfully so. You know, you got to pay the money back. Um, but you know, I, so I like the example of the personal thing. But for me, when I was out there drinking, I mean, I trashed my credit. I spent with abandon. I maxed out credit cards. We bought things. We I bought things I couldn't afford. Um, and I'm reaping the consequences today. Now I have to pay all that stuff back, right? It doesn't magically disappear from my credit. And if I want to buy a house again, I got to clear all that stuff up. Um, and so it just, it really speaks to when I'm, when I'm drinking, I don't give a shit about anybody else or anything but me, right? I don't care about the financial burden it puts on my family. I don't care about, you know, we could have had this house years ago if I would have been more responsible with my with my spending. And those are actions and decisions that I made. And I, I share a lot about, you know, for years I patted myself on the back about what an awesome provider I was. And I was putting money in, in the cookie jar in one hand and taking it right out in the other. And me and my wife never argued about money because there was no argument. I just shut it down. I made it. I earn it. I spend it. Deal with it. And that's a dickhead move, right? That's... <laughs> By the grace of God, I'm still married today. And Troy, you and Justin, you both have met my wife. Um, you know, the patience she's had to have to deal with me is 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 amazing. Um, so, yeah, that's where I am today. You know, I'm looking at digging up old debts, anything that's out there, whether it's money I owe to people or creditors or whatever. But you're right. There is that sense of satisfaction when you get it cleared up, when you get it paid off. It's, it sucks when you're doing it, right? Because that new Xbox looks good or that new <laughs> shiny toy looks good. Um, but if I don't clear it up, I know it, it's going to be one more thing in the back of my mind that, you know, who knows one day I'm going to get the fuckets and say, Oh, well, I, I owe all this money anyway. I might as well just, you know, go, go have a drink and forget about it. So I just, it's one last thing I need hovering over my head that keeps me from my, um, spiritual fitness. So good stuff. Good stuff. Thanks, man. My name is Walker. I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Walker. Hey, Walker. It's a great topic. I'm actually in the process of making amends and digging some stuff up and doing a lot of things I really don't want to do that aren't comfortable, I should say it that way. Um, it's a it's a good experience, though. Um, you know, I uh, basically, when I was out there, did the same thing and ran wild and didn't care who I took from, who I hurt, and how much I took from, and... Um, you know, unfortunately, the uh, 
the ones that I hurt the most are the ones that are closest to me because they, they were the easiest to take from. They were the ones that trusted me the most and wanted to trust me at least. Um, you know, I, I have ducked and dodged and, uh, you know, I think I have convinced a couple people in my family that I didn't actually take some stuff. Wouldn't uh, me. Wouldn't me. <laughs> you know, but now I'm getting ready to... Uh, actually admit that it was me um and uh it, it just feels good to be responsible today uh i think that's what i do as far as living amends you know is um just be responsible with my funds save money uh take care of my bills and that that to me makes me feel good you know it makes me feel like a man that i can be responsible because I always expected other people to take care of my problems or, you know, ran to mom or did whatever I had to do um, or just ran away from it. Um, you know, it, it's definitely uh, stressful sometimes to think about how much I owe and who I owe and how long is it going to take to clean my credit up and do all that because I'm getting to the age where I'm looking at you know, hopefully getting married and buying a house soon. Nice. And, uh, you know, I just got to take these things one one little piece at a time and do what I can and not get overwhelmed. And I've been extremely blessed. I mean, I've been sober for a year and a half now. And if you told me that I would be where I'm at now a year and a half ago, I would have never believed it. Um, you know, I, I, really got to a point in my life where I didn't think I was going to amount to anything. I didn't think I was going to have a good career. I didn't think any of these things were going to be possible. And I really thought of thought of myself as the black sheep of the family because I come from a very successful family. Um, and God has just blessed me, I mean, beyond my wildest imagination, um, you know, made things possible in my life and has given me the opportunity to make these amends, uh, and it feels good to do so. Um, I'm grateful to be here, and thanks for having me. Thanks, man. I appreciate you coming in. What's up, Josh? Hey, I'm Josh, an alcoholic. Hey, hey Josh. Thanks for inviting me, Troy. It's good to see you again. It's good um, to see it's, uh, it's strange that this is the topic. It, more so, I feel like I need to be here more than I need to be heard, but I will share my experience. Um, so I started my professional career about right around the time I hit four years. That was in January, and um, this year, it's 2018. I, um, I a few months in, I lost my job, and it was one a heartbreak, and two, it really faced. I had to face uh, financial insecurity. I, and there was fear involved. There was. There was debts to be paid. There's a lease. There's um, a lease I broke. Like, there's a lot of things I have to take care of now. And I, had, I don't have experience taking care of myself in that way, being financially independent. And I got to say, if I wasn't sober, if I wasn't clean and sober, I don't know if I, if I had relapse, if I have chosen to run away, if I choose tomorrow to run away into a bottle, into whatever else, a hit or whatever, a drug, it's just... I, if I think it's hard now, that's nothing. This is, I'm fine. I mean, I'm still able-bodied. I'm still sober. Like, 
my mind still works. It's that's the beauty of this program because even when I fall um, financially, like the promises say, fear of financial insecurity will leave us in the AA Big Book. Nice set promises. I'm not af- I'm not afraid of it. I'm more concerned about my actions and how I how I am responsible. And it's it's hard to rein in that because I'm with with my uh, nature as an alcoholic or addict is. I want, I always want something external to reach towards to say, okay, now I'm okay. I have this. And when it's not a substance like alcohol or whatever else, it's more of a physical thing in the world. Like I spent money because I had money. It made me feel good to spend money. And, and I liked having stuff. I didn't realize that, okay, well, responsibility comes along with it. And since I have um, people around me, um, I've, I've actually had people um, help me out in uh, in ways that I never expected. It's really it's really meaningful to have that kind of connection to the world and to people, and to know it's just working out. Um, I t- I didn't know how it was going to work out, but it's working out. I'm t- putting one step foot in one foot in front of the other, um, and that's the thing. Um, generally, this topic which makes me think of not running away. Because that's what I did when I used. I didn't like the contents of my mind, the, the situation in my life, my circumstances. And I chose to run away through um, alcohol and other drugs. And that's, that's why I got, that's why I hit the bottom. I got, um, I had, I developed that to the point where I couldn't escape it without help. And uh, I'm glad to be here. Yeah. You know, I feel you, man. You know, the, when when I came in and I started whining about the, the financial situation I was in, my sponsor told me, how do you eat an elephant, Troy? And in my mind, I'm like, oh, you know, I, that's not my meat of choice. <laughs> <laughs> but how do you eat an elephant? And he said, just one piece at a time, just one chunk at a time. So when I view it that way, I have a better state of mind. And understanding that the self-talk changes, you know what I mean? Because when I owe someone something, owe them money, it starts to have an effect on my self-esteem. You know, I start feeling less than. I start feeling like a piece of shit, you know? It's like, all right, we're going to have to turn down West Side instead of going down... Winmer because I don't want X to see me, you know what I mean? And and living that kind of life, I might as well use, you know, because that's the same state of mind that I adopted when I was out there, you know what I mean? Ducking and diving and, and you know, weaving my way through life. You know, I believe that the, the God I serve really um, is a big God. And when I act like that, I shrink God. I, I tell him he can't handle this. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I can give you the drugs and alcohol, but, you know, the financial stuff, I got to handle. You know, and, and that's really a lie I tell myself. Hey, y'all, Justin. I'm an alcoholic and an addict. What's up, Justin? And um, great topic, Troy. I don't hear this enough, <clears throat> actually, in meetings. And, um, you know, just exactly what everybody said. You know, when I was out there using, uh, drinking, drugging, um, I owed everybody money. You know, I owed money over here, a little bit of money over there. You know, my parents were always writing, you know, letting me borrow money. And 
was always late on everything, you know, late on this bill, had an excuse for that bill. And, um, you know, luckily I had people in my corner who could always, you know, help me out. So I never ended up, you know, either, either, you know, homeless or, or walking and taking the bus. But, um, you know, today in sobriety, it, it feels great. I'm attacking a lot of the bills that I had built up, you know, throughout my using, you know, I have hospital bills, uh, due to actually using and overdosing. I have, um, you know, IRS that I owe money to and, you know, a credit card that I'd ran up, but it's all manageable, um, you know, debt. And, you know, what I heard in a meeting, the best thing that I heard was what's the worst thing that can happen in financial insecurity. Say I lose my job, you know, Say I have to go find another job. I'll be okay. You know, say the credit card companies start sending me letters in the mail. You know, they can, you know, they can wait until I have enough money to pay them at a certain time. I'm not going to, I'm not going to die over this. And, you know, frankly, I, God has my back in all these situations. So at the end of the day, I know I'll be okay. And that's a, you know, that's a, that's an idea that I haven't had since I got sober. You know, I remember owing people money it would feel shameful like you said Troy like I mean when, when you owe somebody money it's kind of like they own you at that point you know you're willing to do whatever favor you can or or uh you know they ask you to go you know do something for them you pretty much feel obligated to because you owe them that money so like I said that is shrinking God like you said because that person or that drug is your God I remember every time I got paid I always had a you know somewhat of a job during my using the first person to get paid would always be my drug dealer no matter what, you know, it didn't matter who I owed money to keep that account. Clean. And, um, and, and I truly believed that when I borrowed money from you, I was going to pay you right back as soon as I got paid. And I, you know, if you hooked me to, to a lie detector test, I would have passed, but somehow the drug dealer got paid, you know, my belly probably got full and in <laughs> two days I was broke again. And I had an excuse for you of why I couldn't pay you back. And I stopped coming around and I turned my phone off and that fear just ate at me. And um, today, that's something I don't have to deal with. Um, you know, so financial insecurity is something that we face in sobriety. And, you know, I'm still early on, but, you know, I loved what you guys shared. You know, you you know, you said you lost your job after, you know, four years of sobriety, but you knew how to handle those things. And a drug or a drink isn't going to fix um, any type of financial debt that you have. Um, you know, sometimes when I get the urge to use, I, I start thinking about my money. I'm like, I don't want to spend money on that. I know as soon as I buy this first drug, it's going to turn into, um, you know, hundreds and thousands of dollars that we spend on drugs and alcohol. Like every year, I actually sat down and calculated. I have a I have an app on my phone that counts my sobriety time and and it asks, you know, how much were you spending on on certain things each day uh, while you're using? And it says I've saved like eight thousand dollars in four months. <laughs> I don't make eight thousand dollars in four months. So it's it's truly incredible. And uh, it's amazing what this program could do for you. Thank you, Troy. Yeah, that's you know, I mean, I speak, you know, I speak into all of our lives that you know, we all become relieved of any financial insecurity. You know, I pray that the God I serve, you know, takes care of even that, you know, and and for me, it's been a blessing. Um, it's showing up in, in so many different ways that I, I need to talk about it. I need to tell about it that indeed it is possible to, to handle whatever comes down the pike. You know what I mean? Absolutely nothing will be resolved with a drink or a drug. 
You know what I mean? And and for me, it's like pouring alcohol on a flame if I ever pick up, you know, because I know, that as, as Justin said, that it's going to lead to hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know. And if I live, will I ever, ever, you know, be able to, to overcome that, you know. So I don't want to go back there. And one of the ways that I... I prevent myself from going back there is by staying in the 12 steps, by contacting my sponsor and having discussions like these, you know what I mean? Because this 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 actually restores my faith, you know, in, in he who presides over us all. It, it restores my faith that he can handle anything that comes down the pike. And I know it, and, uh, you know, it's incumbent upon me to go walk through it. I'm Walker. I'm alcoholic. Hey, Walker. You know, I was thinking about something that, I know for myself and a lot of people, when they come in, they look at the steps and they see eight and nine, they want to go say sorry to everybody, you know, right off the jump. Right away. Um, and, uh, of course, I, I had those thoughts and I didn't act on them because I was told not to. And it normally doesn't work out anyways because, you know, when you're new in recovery, nobody wants you to say sorry. They don't want to hear it because you've said it for years. Um but now that, you know, I've, I've gotten through those steps and when I got there, I was like, oh, this excitement about these steps that I felt when I first came in is not really there anymore. Like, I, you know, now it's a uh, yeah, I want to make things better in my life and I want to uh, rebuild those bridges that I burned. But it's uh, it's a very humbling experience to go to somebody and say, I stole from you, you know, I owe you X amount of dollars, you know, what can I do to make things right? Um, Because, you know, ultimately you have a, you take a big chance of inconveniencing your life, Um, you know, and that is something that I'm actually working on is, is doing things that are inconvenient because the things that are convenient um, you know, it, how do I word this? If I'm always doing things that are convenient, I'm not pushing myself to do something better. I uh, think the way my sponsor told me is that there's no comfort in the growth zone and there's no growth in the comfort zone, you know, and that, that right sizes it. There you go. That's, I couldn't have said it any better. <laughs> um, but my sponsor really emphasized as far as step nine goes, is just being willing to make the amends. Um, Even if you can't do it right now, financially, if you can't do it right now, be willing to. Be willing to write out a plan of how you're going to do it and come up with half the money or a third of the money or or whatever it is. Um, You know, be willing to make that phone call and apologize for, you know, never showing up to work or, what it showing up late all the time or whatever it may be. You know, what I was told was never, ever apologize and make any amends. You know, uh, part of the amends is not an apology. It's mending the, the, the injury. And, you know, one of the ways that we've been, you know, uh, going through life when we're drinking and drugging is by saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I apologize, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I apologize. You know, so, yeah, they don't want to hear that. You know, a sincere amend sounds something like, look, I know I've done this thing, whatever it is. 
what I can tell you is that I've I've become a part of uh, a recovery program, and I've worked the, the twelve steps, and I am going to assure you that I will commit to not ever doing that again. And my life is going to reflect that. And then go live your life. You know what I mean? Let your life be a reflection of your amends. You know, and a, and, and a, a living amends is what some people call it, but it's never referred to as that in the book. You know what I mean? The book says that the actions must be in concurrent with what's going on. So you, if you owe money, then yeah, you need to go ahead and make a payment. You know, and if if you've hurt somebody, yeah, you need to stop hurting them. You know, and if that somebody is you, then yeah, you too are doing amends. And the way that we do an amends to ourselves is by staying clean and sober. You know, that in itself will bring some relief, you know. And the return of self-esteem will occur because the way that you obtain esteem, you know, is by doing esteemable acts, you know. So if you continue to work this program, then I guarantee you you'll have an opportunity, whether it's convenient or not, and more times than many, it is inconvenient as hell. But you'll have an opportunity to help somebody. You know what I mean? And that feeds your esteem, and thus you present differently in the world. You know, a person who has done something good today is not likely to pick up a drink or a drug. Not if you're in this program, not if you're truly working this program. Also, Walker, what you're saying about amends just in general, and in connection to the financial side of amends, it really, and owing debts, um, I'm going through the steps again. I'm just starting out um, again with the steps. And I'm I'm already thinking forward to like, okay, now I get to fix this. No, I harmed my college roommate and put him through a lot and I owe him money. Yet, what, I do, what did I do? I was early in sobriety. I didn't talk to my sponsor. I had him on Facebook and talked to him for Facebook chat for a few minutes and said, hey, I'm sober now. Sorry about all that. Tell him some of my story. And said, hey, you want me to pay back? He's like, no. <laughs> and I mean, when I'll see him now on Facebook, I see his face and I just feel this, I don't, the powerful emotion of like, and I really, I can identify as I need to, I need to fix that because I didn't make it right. I did not amend it. And like it, when talking about talking to a sponsor about amends and doing it before just going to them um, directly, just without any forethought or out any good planning and counsel with another alcoholic or addict, I, I realized I have experience um, going to an ex-girlfriend through Facebook chat, just saying, oh, I'm better now. It's just I wanted, I wanted her to like me again. I wanted to see where it would go. And of course, that's not any sort of sobriety. There. It's not any amends. That's just me being, you know, whatever you want to call it. Try selfish. To censor my, <laughs> selfish. That's the word. Trying to censor myself. Yeah. <laughs> selfish would be the, the correct word. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, that's, I mean, I think amends are very important to do the right way. Yeah. And you really do have to do a gut check or, or check your motives. You know what I mean? Uh, because we can, we can actually tell ourselves a whole lot of untruth 
as to why it is that I'm doing this amends. But like you mentioned, you know, ultimately you have this under you have this other motive running directly under it. It's like a virus in a computer. You know what I mean? And you know, really, what I want is that ass. But in order for me to get to that ass, I gotta talk to the head. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it becomes it becomes this this uh, you know this self talk that if I tell her this, then she's gonna let me do that. You know what I mean? And I have to be careful about that. You know what I mean? Because that's truly not an authentic amends. You know that is a self centered, self seeking amends. I wouldn't even call it amends at that right. point. Right. Right. Motive, I guess, is, is the word. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Sean C. again. So I know you guys are talking about kind of the amends process, but I'm on step four right now. So, you know, resentments. Um, it's interesting what perspective will give you because, you know, I, I had borrowed money from a family member several, several years ago and another family member who was staying with them was all up on my ass for years about paying this person back. And I was highly resentful about it. Um, this person was, it was my grandmother's caretaker, basically. And so perspective tells me that she had every right to do that, right? She was there living, taking care of my grandmother, taking her to appointments, helping her pay her bills, helping her do this, helping her do that. Meanwhile, you know, seeing me and my family do really whatever we wanted, spend the money. And every once in a while, I'd kick 50 bucks, you know, my grandmother's way. And, um, and, and, but the perspective is giving me that my aunt, who I basically had cut out of my life, right? Like I got all I've been out of shape about it. How dare you come, you know, question me about how I spend my money and I've paid her back or I'm paying her back. And, um, and I did pay my grandmother back before she died, um, almost twice over, but I held that grudge against my aunt. Our relationship has never been the same because I got a chip on my shoulder about it. Um, so I know when it comes to my amends, that's one, you know, that I'd say on my resentment list. And, you know, when I was learning to go through my resentments, it was, um, I believe the fourth column, that's, um, not the part I played, but where was I wrong? You know, and I was absolutely wrong. The way I handled it was wrong. She was right. She was, she was in the right. And so I know there's amends for me to make. Um, and I want to repair that relationship. And we were really close before that. And it was my ego that got bent and bruised. Um, and I let that essentially get rid of all the good because how dare you question me right um so i'm gonna pass to justin he was dying to say something <laughs> hey justin still an alcoholic here and um i'm just gonna tell myself a little bit actually and i uh i guess i selectively forgot about this incident but i got a call earlier this week from uh the ambulance bill that i'd been paying off periodically you know you know here and there, I was, I was making a little bit of payments since I've been sober, and uh, I have probably haven't made a payment in over a month. And so they call me from the collections office, you know, telling me who they are and and uh, how how am I going to handle this bill coming up? And I'm walking into work as I get this call, and so the guy you know, he's taking down all my information and everything like that, telling me how much it's going to be, telling me the payment plan options. And, um, I asked, you know, so does this affect my credit right away? And he's like, Oh no, we don't, we don't report to the credit agencies. You know, we just, we're trying to collect on oh, this, on this debt. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I'm, I'm sober, but I'm still an alcoholic. <laughs> you know what I mean? So of course I'm like, you know, I'm like, Oh shit, well, let me call you back at lunchtime and, uh, and I'll set up a payment plan then. And he starts asking me all these questions and I just rushed him off the phone and, um, and, 
and uh, he never called me back at lunch, and so I forgot all about it. And uh, it would have been in the back of my mind. I'd gotten maybe one or two other calls from the number, and it was just at an inconvenient time, so I ignored him. Um, but at the end of the day, it's something that I consciously want to pay off. And, um, you know, I'm still working on how to – I haven't gone through my men's state, stage yet. I'm still on step uh, step five, so – you know, it's just how how do we how do we deal with that self centeredness that we still have as alcoholics and addicts, and and how do we how do we rid ourselves of it? Um, you know, I think it's by doing the next right thing and and paying a little bit off at a time. Like you said, how do you eat an, ele- an elephant? Um, so that's that's still something that I struggle with today, but um, but you know, I just want to gain some clarity and, and tell myself a little bit. Well, I mean, you know, I I think that. A program of recovery offers you the opportunity to struggle. You know, you can struggle with anything that life throws at you in this program. You can struggle because I believe that God is in the struggle with me, you know. Um, but the option to, to struggle is, is, is a, actually a blessing because there was a time when I would never want to look at those things. You know what I mean? So, you know, I see progress when I'm struggling. I see progress because I'm relying on, on a higher power to help me deal with whatever it is that, that life has thrown me. You know, struggling is okay. You can, do, uh, you can do that in the program of recovery. But suffering, suffering is optional. You know what I mean? And if I'm still holding on to those old ideas, that phone call would have been a reason for me to run and hide, you know, not physically, but I would, you know, do the things that we do, slide that phone to the, you know, let it go into the, to the message box, you know, and then never look at it again, delete it, you know, and what happens with that is that I get this lurking notion in the back of my head that, that this thing is going to have to come to an, a, a, a really fluid end, and, you know, I can't live like that anymore. I can't live like like a like someone someone on the run anymore. I can't do that. You know, I think it dishonors God and it dishonors my program of recovery. Yeah. Well, I think we've uh, chopped on this as much as we can. We're, we're we're so glad that you tuned in and and uh, we ask that you continue to listen to us. Uh, Clean Dreams will be anywhere you get your podcasts coming very soon to YouTube and Facebook. So glad, gentlemen, that you were able to sit with me tonight. Uh, Once again, my name is Troy, and I am an alcoholic and an addict. I'd like to uh, go ahead and and close with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father. Our Father. Who who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Please tune in to our next episode. Please have a good night.